This is the 10-Minute Contrarian Podcast. This is VP. We're a solutions-based podcast, diving into the world of contrarian investing and alternative finance. You can find us hosted on the No Nonsense Forex YouTube channel, nonsenseforex.com, and podcast players everywhere. Episode 80 is brought to us by Blueberry Markets. Now, if you were to sign up for Blueberry Markets right now, you would get a number of things. You would get a cashback bonus twice as large as you would have gotten a year ago today. You will get your own personal customer service representative you can call on at any time should you need something. And you will also get one losing trade completely wiped off the books. It's Blueberry Markets Trade Forgiveness Program. Uh, But only if you go and click the link down below in the description, read the blog, and then click my affiliate link at the bottom of that blog. So if you need yourself a Forex broker or a secondary Forex broker, I think this is a pretty good trade-off, no? It is the 10-Minute Contrarian Podcast, and uh, I get asked to talk about taxes and make a video on taxes all the time, and I never do it, and it's mostly for legal reasons. Uh, Taxes are different everywhere, and they're different depending on who you are. And so even giving broad blanket tax advice on YouTube or on a podcast uh, is just a risk I'm not willing to take, uh, because too much can go wrong and that can come back on me. Um, but I did look up the uh, the top six countries that listen to this podcast. So you have the United States, Canada, Australia, UK, Germany, and Singapore, and they all allow some degree of tax loss harvesting. Uh, now, how much you can write off and how soon you can buy back, you know, that's where things get a bit murky. So we're not going to talk about that so much. Um, but we have also had a down year in markets pretty much across the board. You know, there have been some exceptions. We, as contrarians, have been on those exceptions for the most part, which is nice, but safe to say most of our portfolios are probably down for 2022. So there's no reason not to take advantage of tax loss harvesting and get some of that money back. It's there for you. Now, if it's that easy, then you know we wouldn't even have to talk about it, really. You could just look at what's down and sell it and then just buy it back when you wanted to. But it's not always that easy, depending on what it is and where you live. So what I wanted to do today is go over some of the sectors that we look at on this podcast and not financial advice at all. I'm just going to look at them and I would say, hey, if I had the chance to tax loss harvest, would I do it personally, myself? Because what I want to avoid is having that particular thing go up possibly for good in the window of time that I have to wait to buy it back. You know, that's the one real risk you're taking here. But I do think there are a handful of things out there that I feel I would feel pretty good selling and then buying back later without too much worry. Uh, now, if you read Thursday's blog, you will know that one of those things that I sold for a loss was the BNB token, Binance's token, uh, and for pretty obvious reasons, right? And I also said I would have no problem buying it back at either the same price or a lower price, which is probably where it's going to be uh, by the time I decide to buy it back. Uh, but as a quick side note, I guess while we're here, uh, you have seen just how quick, uh, I'm doing air quotes, bank run can happen. Now, I know it's on crypto. Crypto is very easy to move, but there are no federal, state, anything investigations into Binance just like there weren't with FTX. Investigations, even if they wanted to occur, don't happen all that quick. You know, it takes time. You got to gather evidence. You know, you got to do all this red tape. 
And you see all these people on Twitter jumping up and down wondering why they're not happening. It's because they take time. But unlike bank runs of the past, we have social media now. And all of these quote-unquote investigations are being done by Twitter. You know, they start the fire, then the mainstream media comes in and fans the flames, and then there you are. It can happen just like that. You know, all of these securities, banks, crypto, all of it, is a confidence game at the end of the day. If this were to happen to a bank, which mainstream media tries really, really hard to protect, uh, but Twitter doesn't care, and places like Reddit don't care, you know, what would be your best course of action? You know, maybe we'll go over that another episode, but just while we're here, I just want to say, have a course of action in place. Just don't think it can't happen. All right, so now that that's out of the way, let me go over some of the sectors that we talk about on this podcast that I either would or would not consider selling for tax loss reasons. Uh, now, I will be selling some things. I won't be disclosing those things apart from BNB, uh, because all of these I do plan on buying right back. Should I actually sell them? I haven't really decided yet. But on the yes side, things that I would sell for tax loss harvesting reasons, because I am confident enough that in the allotted time I have to buy it back, I don't see it shooting to the moon without me. First off, and we've talked about this before, is carbon credits. Uh, We were just way too early on this. Now, with the sentiment going on against ESG right now, a lot of people think these things are never going to happen. I don't know enough about them to say whether they are or not, but you guys know that I did get most of this information from Marin Katusa, uh, who has a paid newsletter. So I'm very careful with what I disclose from a paid newsletter. Uh, but I think he has tweeted this out enough to where it's it's more public information. He still says, you know, we're not even in the first inning. You know, we're still listening to the national anthem when it comes to carbon credits. But he thinks they're inevitable. He still has not backed off of this one bit. In fact, he's even hitting the accelerator on this in recent newsletters. So, uh, so there's that. And I do think the potential upside here is absolutely off the charts. Um, but do I think that move's coming anytime soon? I don't think so. At least not in a short amount of time. Uh, So carbon credits is something I would consider selling. Absolutely. That checks off all the boxes. Another thing that I would consider, not to the degree of carbon credits, but something that I feel like we're not going to see a big run too soon would be oil, believe it or not. You know, we're very bullish long term on oil here on the podcast. Uh, But word on the street is, at least in the United States that President Biden is still selling oil out of the strategic reserves. I don't know why this is happening or why it would happen, uh, but my intel is saying that it's happening. And a lot of very smart people did predict oil to go down even further, at least in the short term. Um, So if I had to choose, oil would be on my yes list as well. Uh, Third on my list, and these are really in no particular order, but really the majority of crypto positions, I think you could safely sell and then buy back later. And if you have to buy back at a higher price, I don't think it would be a much higher price. Like we don't know how this whole Binance thing is going to shake out. I believe it or not, I'm still fairly confident that Binance is going to be okay in the end. I don't think if there is any criminal activity, it was anywhere near the level of FTX. And I think if any company could absorb something like this, it would be Binance. Now, that being said, they could completely fall apart, too. Uh, But right after FTX, as big as that was, you had everybody saying that there were no sellers left. Uh, But what do I always say? There are always 
sellers left. As long as there are holders, there are sellers. They just need a little motivation. And here it is. You know, if DeFi crashes, that's not a big deal because not everybody uses DeFi, but everybody has to use an exchange. You know, it is at the core of crypto. So if those things crash, you know, those things and stablecoins, the two things that can really take this market down in a big way, even after it has already gone down in a big way. Uh, but as we've also talked about before in the podcast, there just aren't a lot of bull cases out there, despite how hard some people try to create them out of thin air. And this is why every bullish retracement has ended up in tragedy later. And I've been so confident about these, I've tried to call every single one of them out and have done so successfully. Uh, but I think you would generally be okay there too. On to my last one on the yes column. Uh, depending on when you bought, if you bought when I bought and a lot of people who watch the No Nonsense Forex YouTube channel bought, then you will not be in negative territory. But if you bought uranium later on, if you would have purchased it sometime early this year or even last year, you could be down. And, and I'm going to mention this in a later podcast that I plan on doing very early next year. But uranium, I think, is a very long play. Um, if we have a cold winter in Europe, I think it's going to get a little more shine, a little more run. Uh, but even if it does, it's not a short-term fix. It's a very long-term fix. And uranium investors need to understand that. Um, but if I was down on my uranium positions, I would feel okay selling them and buying them back soon after. And if you're wondering why I'm not saying how soon after, like 30 days, 60 days, it's because it's different everywhere you go and depending on the situation. So you need to do a little bit of legwork there and figure out what that situation is for you. Now, moving on to the things that I would probably not consider selling because there is a, a potential chance that in that uh, window of time to where I couldn't buy it back yet, that we could see some real movement to the upside. Uh, this is not me predicting bullish movement at all. I'm just saying, if I had all of these things in front of me, these are the ones that I would put into the no column. Uh, and the first one, believe it or not, is copper. Uh, now, we have not done well on copper at all. Uh, this is one of those things that I really want to be in because the upside is so tremendous. And the supply situation, as bad as it was, has only gotten worse. Uh, but the one reason I would not sell any of my copper holdings right now is because of the potential of China restarting, which I think needs to be its own podcast episode as well. Now, in all fairness, if this does happen, oil would probably go up a bit too, but I think there's a lot of short-term macro uh, headwinds for oil right now uh, to where I think copper would get a really big pop, at least initially, if we saw China start back up within that window of time. Second on the list is precious metals. Uh, precious metals is something that we just can't put our fingers on because nobody can. So we really shouldn't even try. Now, we, we did get a bit, um, I don't know if it's lucky or good, with silver. Uh, my silver episode in October uh, didn't signify a bottom, but pretty close to a midterm bottom there. And now we're over $23. Uh, but it seems like the world is finally starting to figure it out here. You know, investors who have remained so confident throughout all the drops in history, I think are finally seeing the writing on the wall. Uh, the same writing that we've seen for a long time, that this time is going to be different. Yeah, this time is a really unholy combination of bad things all coming together at one time. And the majority of countries can't trust cash. You know, people can't trust crypto anymore. Stocks are going down. Where do you go? 
you know, real estate's falling too. You know, where do you go? There's really only one major place you can go, and that's precious metals, and that's where people are going. So if you are down on any precious metals positions, let's just say if I was down on any precious metals positions that I would not want to sell for tax loss harvesting reasons. And the last one on my no list would be natural gas. Um, now, this is weird because you would think natural gas and oil would move together, and they often do, but we don't know, you know, we're not even in winter yet in the Northern Hemisphere. And this whole what's going to happen to Europe as a result uh, book is really only in its second or third chapter. Um, but in the UK already, we have seen sub-freezing temperatures. Um, so who knows? You know, we all hope for the best here, but nat gas is probably going to go up a lot as a result of a really bad winter in Europe. And you know how people like to front run this. So even if there are signs of this happening, I could see nat gas going up quite a bit. Possibly oil too, but that's not going to be the big story. And again, nat gas, in my opinion, does not have the headwinds that oil has right now. Like I said, it's strange to put oil in one column and nat gas in the other, but this is why I'm doing it. So there's my list. And let's hope by this time next year, in 2023, there will be absolutely nothing to write off because we will all be rich. Because the world will be crumbling at our feet and our disaster relief portfolio is booming. And when frogs or solar flares or locusts or whatever are raining down from the sky and everybody we have ever known and loved has died, we will get to tell anybody who's still left breathing that we were not crazy. We were just early.